Welcome into the Prep Extra Podcast. I'm Colin Stone alongside Chris Bassnett as we talk about the first week of football, week zero. Uh, we are going to get into, Chris, your top 10, your first rankings of the year. Uh, it's always kind of something to look forward to. We've got a big matchup this week, week zero, Bellevue West, Creighton Prep. And I think that's a, the perfect jumping off point for Class A. The, I think the big question right out of the gate is how good is Westside and will we see a repeat of the Class A title game? Yeah. Yeah. If you look at my ratings, I think, you know, I've got Westside number one, Gretna number two to start the year. And, and Westside, I think, has a ton of talent back. They added a ton of talent uh, in transfers uh, over the summer. Probably the deepest team in Class A. Uh, one of the two deepest teams in Class A. Gretna, of course, has Zane Flores back at quarterback, the Oklahoma State commit. They're not going anywhere, and you can bet there's probably a chip on the shoulder there after what happened last year with the, with the title being stripped because of an ineligible player uh, due to the NSA ruling. So you, you have those two, one, two. Then three, four, you have Bellevue West, Creighton Prep. Guess who plays each other week zero? Bellevue West, Creighton Prep. Super interesting game, I think. It's a cool matchup, kind of a contrast in styles, Prep with the power game on the ground. Great offensive line, maybe the best offensive line in Class A. Bellevue West with just the spectacular athletes, you know, at the, at the skill positions, quarterback, receiver, running back, like they always have. And, and it's part of that opening stretch where, where Prep plays Bellevue West, they play Omaha West side, they play Gretna the first four weeks of the season. So those, those top four teams are kind of all going to, in a way, see each other a little bit. And I'm not saying we're going to know everything. You don't know everything after four weeks, but we're going to know quite a bit about it, some of these teams, you know, halfway into the season or less than halfway into the season. But I think it's I think it's a class where you look at those top four or five teams, those are probably your title favorites. You throw Elkhorn South in there because they've kind of become a team that kind of reloads every year. And I think after that, it's, it's kind of wide open. You know, Omaha North got hot last year in the playoffs, made a run. Lincoln Southeast at number seven, probably the best team in the city. What does that mean for, for statewide? We'll see. They've got some guys there that, that can help them make a run. Millard South, Grand Island, you know, North Platte. It, it's kind of wide open in the bottom half. I think the top half is where the strength is. And, and we've talked about this. We talked about it last week with the strength being in Omaha, and that's kind of the, the truth again this year. It's just it's going to be really interesting to watch this play out. But, yeah, that, that week zero matchup, Creighton Prep, Bellevue West out of the gate, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, you mentioned – Lincoln Southeast sitting there at number seven. What what does a team like Southeast or a team in the capital city have to do to, you know, maybe shake things up in that top five and and make a name for themselves to to break up the, you know, all metro. You know, yeah. you don't want ten metro teams. Yeah. Uh, if you're a Lincoln school. Well, it, it just comes down to can you win those games, right? Like can can when you have those matchups, whoever it may be, whether Southeast is playing. Millard North or Bell West or whoever they and I know those teams aren't necessarily on the schedule when you get your chances against those teams how do you perform against them do you give yourself a chance to win that game in the fourth quarter and and I don't mean to talk about Southeast like they're this big underdog you know you know they're not but that's that's just the reality of it right now the strength is in the metro and so when these Lincoln teams whether it's Southeast or or Southwest or whoever when you have an opportunity can you take advantage of it? Because you're not seeing these teams every single week like like they are there. You know, Westside, like we mentioned, Creighton Prep's going to see all these teams. Westside's going to see all these teams. They're going to get a chance to prove it week in, week out. If you're in Lincoln and if you're a Southeast, you only get a couple, three chances of those in the regular season every year, you know, for the most part. So you got to take advantage of them. And then when you match up with those teams in the playoffs, 
then, then it becomes 48 minutes, are you better than the other guy? And you move on. So at the end of the day, it's like anything else. When the game comes around, you got to do it. you got to perform. So if you want to see a team like South, if you're a Southeast fan, you want to see them move up, root for them to win those games. And if you do that, it's going to be pretty easy to crack into that top half. Moving on, we'll, we'll go right into Class B. We'll kind of just go right down the list here. Class B, Bennington at, at number one, I think, for an obvious reason. But yeah. what what is the likelihood? There's been a little bit of shakeup at Bennington. What's the likelihood the, the uh, Badgers can maybe do it again? I know we're kind of talking about is are, are we going to see sequels? It's, it's kind of, you know, a little bit of a theme. If, if you win a state title or you're right there and, and you come back loaded, Bennington's kind of that weird. It doesn't seem like they have too many returning starters, but the question is, will that necessarily matter in Class B? They were they were so dominant last year. Yeah, and, and I don't think anybody's saying they're going to go out and just roll people like they did last year. They won every game by double digits last year. I mean, and they were blowing people out left and right and blowing people out in the playoffs. Like, it was just such a dominant run. And, yeah, they'll be different. You know, no Dylan Mostek at, at running back. But, again, that's a team that kind of reloads every year. You know, they're going to be able to throw it around a little bit. They've got a quarterback that played quite a bit for them. You know, when I was putting the ratings together, I looked at Bennington, and I think he could have very easily put Scott's Bluff number one. You know, they, they've got a really, really good running back. They've got a really good lineman in Brock Knudsen who's committed to Nebraska. You know, and it, it's tough because you don't see a team like Scott's Bluff play a whole lot when, you, when you're on this part of the state. Luckily for us, they play Lincoln Pius the 10th that first week, so, so we'll get a look at him in week one. But, yeah, I, I think – you hate to base it off last year, but you kind of have to. And, look, Bennington was so dominant last year that you, somebody has to beat him, I think, before you, before you take him out of that number one spot. They've earned the right to be there. And it's a different team than it was last year, but this is a program, like we said, that, that reloads. And so you start them number one, you, you see what it looks like. Um, and then, again, what is Sebastian Boyle and Scott's Bluff, what do they look like? I think that's kind of the next question. They're going to come. They're making a bunch of trips east this year. I think their coach said they're putting in like 4,200 travel miles this year. Just an insane amount of travel. They play Pius out here. They play Waverly out here. You know, they're going to see. They're going to see some of the best in Class B, and and that kind of takes me to the next point. Is there's a lot of Lincoln area teams in that top ten in Class B. I've got Waverly number five. You know, I've got highest the 10th, dropping down from Class A at number 8, Beatrice 9, Norris 10, all those teams play each other. So so an interesting dynamic there in, in Class A, or in Class B, excuse me, just with a lot of Lincoln area teams. And then, like we said, the dominant team in Bennington, and then kind of the, a little bit of a wild card in Scott's Bluff. You know they're going to be pretty good. How good are they going to be? We're going to find that out as the year goes on. Yeah, and it's, it's obviously hard sometimes for a, a team that's out so far west to, you know, put their stake in the class until the playoffs because, you know, they're, they're limited to some extent to hanging around that, you know, western half, mm-hmm. the central and western half of the state. But Scott's Bluff having the chance to migrate their way to the Lincoln area will, you know, give them a chance early and, and throughout the season to put their name in Class B and put their name in the running. Yeah, yeah. Then looking at C1, I – Two things jump out to me. You have Aurora dropping down to C1, and you have Pierce, who made the state title game and is in a position where they could easily find themselves back in that state title game. I, but what really intrigues me is what, what does Aurora look like in C1 and how – how do they play a factor in, in the way that the whole class shakes out? Yeah, it's, 
it's reminiscent of I think it was 2018 when kind of the same thing happened and Aurora was in C1 and they just kind of they kind of ran roughshod over everybody. In any other year, I think you look at this and you look at Pierce and you go, bang, there's your state title contender, there's your preseason number one, and it's pretty easy. But Aurora, man, they're just they returned so much from a team that was in the Class B final last year, and, and now you're dropping into to C1. They've got 16 starters back, you know, and, and that's that'll do you good in any class, whether it's A or or C2 or whatever, but to have that in B when you made the state title game, to now drop into C1, and look, it's, they're not, I'm not saying it's going to be a cakewalk for them, but it it's, it's reminds me a lot of what happened a few years ago when they had Baylor Shireman at quarterback mm-hmm. and just kind of, they kind of ran over everybody. And again, that's why you play the games. You know, you never know what's going to happen. You got to stay healthy and, and get the good breaks and all those sorts of things, but it just feels like Aurora is such a prohibitive favorite there. Um, and then you've got a group of teams chasing, like you said, Pierce was in the title game last year, maybe would have won it, but they were so banged up by the time they got to that title game and they ran into a hot Lakeview team and, and just couldn't get it done. You look at Ashland Greenwood, who spent all season at number one last year until the playoffs and, and, and lost late. You know, McCook is dropping down from Class B into C1. What does that look like for the Bison? You know, their first year out of, out of Class B. Boone Central's going to be good. We haven't even got to defending state champs yet. What's Lakeview going to be like? You know, it's it's a... It's a it's a deep class, and um, in any other year, you'd say, "Man, I don't know who's going to win this thing." But I think this year, it's it's Aurora until somebody proves me wrong. You know, I think there's just so much back from such a good program. It's tough to tough to put them anywhere but number one. Which moves us right into C two. It seems like we have two more prohibitive favorites here in C two. You've got Norfolk Catholic, and you've got Archbishop Bergen. Uh, I know in in your top ten, you also have Lincoln Lutheran kind of floating in there. Um, what what does C2 look like from, from a very early on look at it? You have Archbishop Bergen that went undefeated last year and seems like they could be right there. They should be right there in contention, but, you know, it, that's not always how it works, like, like yeah. we've said with, you know, C1. Yeah, feels like a top-heavy class. Norfolk Catholic, again, returned 16 starters from a state title team and went 13-0, and or excuse me, went 11-2 last year. Ord has been right there, and they've been in a couple state finals the last three, three, four years. Bergen, of course, won the title last year, hasn't has the Oklahoma recruit and Cade McIntyre, but they lost quite a bit. So I think there's a couple questions there, but they've got a 6'4", 230-pound dude. They're going to line up a wide receiver in Class C2. You know, there are not a lot yeah. of teams that have that. So they, they've got some high-end guys that not, not a lot of teams will be able to match. And, again, you know, you look kind of outside those top three, Battle Creek went eight and four in C one last year, and they're dropping down. Saint Cecilia went nine and two last year. They're they're back in C two. There's some other teams there that could kind of jump up if one of these other teams stumbles. So, it feels it feels kind of like top heavy with those top three. But I, again, you kind of look down the list and you kind of go, okay, I can see that. I can see that. Wilbur Claytonia had a pretty good year last year. They came on late, and like you said, Lincoln Lutheran went eight and three last year, and they bring back just a whole ton of seniors, big senior class that most of them started since they were sophomores. Can they make a run? You know, so it's a class where it's kind of the traditional at the top with Norfolk Catholic and Bergen and, and or the last few years. But there's a lot of teams there that I think could make a run. It's, it's going to be a class, I think, where whoever gets hot, you know, that last month of the season is probably going to be the one that wins it. Yeah, you're talking about C2 teams that are dropping down to compete in C2. You've got C2 teams dropping down to compete in D1. Kind of seems like a bit of a theme. You know, you have the cycles where teams, you know, reclassify. Uh, North Platte State Pat seems like if if you had to pick one team, that's the team you're going with. Yeah. But 
who else in, in D1 or maybe some of these C2 teams that are dropping down? What is there, I guess the question that we're trying to answer here is what is the significance of dropping down and how much of an advantage do you have? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because like you said, again, St. Pat's kind of like these last two teams, 16 starters back and you're playing eight man football. That's eight and eight on each side of the ball, you know? So yes, they have a ton of guys back. They've never played eight man before. So what kind of adjustment is that? You know, is I it's that's because there's fewer guys on the field doesn't mean it's easier. You know, you still got to go out and block and tackle and execute and all those sorts of things. But you just look at the number of guys that have played football. You know, for a team that went eight and two in C two last year, and now you you come into eight man and it it seems kind of natural to put them at the top. But, and again, you know, Sutton played C two ball last year. You know, there's you can go down the list. Pender went nine and one in D two and moved up. <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of a and it seems like it's kind of always like this with the two-year cycles in, in D1 and D2. You see the teams move up, move down. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of sliding back and forth there. So there's some unknowns there. And I, I think this is a class where there are a lot of unknowns. And I think that's the reason you put St. Pat's at the top because they just they have so many guys back. Now it becomes how do you make the transition from 11 man to 8 man? Can can you handle that part of it? And if you if they do, they're going to be right there as one of the favorites. But again. Cross County's been real good the last few years. You know, 11-2 and two last year. Neely Oakdale had a great year last year. Stanton, you know, teams that have been doing this for a few years and understand the, the nuances of the eight-man game. So, I, again, I'm not saying it's a cakewalk by any means for St. Pat's, but just the number of guys they have back, again, kind of an unknown for us, be, being a few hours away and not being able to see them up close. But it seems like on paper that's the team you kind of look at and go, okay, they've got the most experience. No matter how many guys are on the field, you got you got to start them out number one. In D2, we've got Howells Dodge as the standout team. You, you look at the, the ratings, that's, that's the team your eye is kind of drawn to. But it's another class, you know, after, I mean, every class is wide open. It's the beginning of the year. Anything can happen. Yeah. But it seems like D2 is Howells Dodge in the field. And much like C1 and C, or excuse me, D1 and C2, it's kind of how, how do these teams that have been right there or, you know, maybe an eight-win team that just couldn't quite get it done in the playoffs. How do they sneak up and catch up to Howells Dodge? Maybe the deepest class in the state. Um, and, yeah, again, you look at Howells Dodge, 13-0 last year. You almost have to put them at the top based on last year, based on history, you know, based on what they've been able to do in the past. But you look at that class, and six teams in the top ten made the semifinals in either D1 or D2 last year. You know, I, I just – I'm looking down the list. Elgin Pope John is going to be really good, you know, Sacred Heart, Doug Goltz, you know they're always going to be really good. Sandhill Stedford made the title game last year, lost. Kennesaw beat Sandhill Stedford in the title game last year, you know. And Hitchcock County went to the semifinals in D1 last year. Osceola's a quarterfinalist last year, but it has Isaiah Zelasny, who all he's done is win eight gold medals at the state track meet and, and score 70-some touchdowns and rush for 1,900 yards last year and, and score 1,200 points in basketball. Maybe the best athlete in the class, you know. <laughs> And, again, go down the list. BDS, kind of a traditional power. Burwell has been a power the last, you know, 10 years or so. I've got Humphrey St. Francis ranked 10th in Class D2 and think about how good they've been in football. You know, but, again, if you're going to put somebody at one, you can do a lot worse than Howells Dodge because they've got the pedigree, because they did it last year, winning the title in D1, going 13-0 and now coming into D2. But it's just it's just such a such a deep, deep class it's I think you could say any one of those teams in the top 10 
if Howells Dodge stumbles or if Pope John stumbles, any one of those teams could be playing in Lincoln uh, in November for the title game. So that's going to be a super fun class to watch. If you get through D2 unbeaten and win a title, then, then you did something serious this year because I think – I think there's just so much depth there and, and so much talent. It, it's just going to be a, a bear of a schedule for anybody. It's going to be fun to watch when the playoffs get here. Finally, maybe the least talked about <laughs> class of, of high school football in the state, but arguably I think the most fun, as, as we've mentioned before. We've got six-man football. Potter Dixon, Cody Kilgore, they're, again, it's kind of who your eyes drawn to, yep. but – Six-man is, is interesting. You've got teams like Parkview Christian that have been on the come-up. You have teams like Sterling that two years ago, they were in the state title game. Yep. Um, it, it seems like it's a, a typically a class that's dominated by, again, Central and Western Nebraskan teams, but it's also so jumbled that when it comes to the playoffs, it's wide open. You've got yeah. teams coming from Western Nebraska playing in the Lincoln area. You've got you know vice versa. What – what does six man look like very early on, and and is it? I'd say it's almost as wide open as a couple of the eight man football, yeah, uh, classes. Well. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I've got Parkview Christian ranked fourth. That's probably Lincoln's best chance to win a football title this year. Uh, you're talking about a team that that had a really good run last year, brings a lot of guys back, and, and it's six man. It's such a wild game. You know, it's it's almost like basketball. You get hot on the right night, and and you can you can beat a team, but. You know, Potter Dix, Cody Kilgore played each other in the title game last year. Cody Kilgore got him. I think Potter Dix just has a little bit more coming back this year, can kind of get over the hump there. Wallace didn't even play football a couple, three years ago. They didn't have enough guys to play eight-man. They dropped in the six-man. They made the state semifinals last year, you know, and that's what I'm talking about, where it's just if you get hot, it can happen for you. Um, like you said, Sterling made the title game a couple years ago. Red Cloud went eight and one last year, you know. There's, there's any number of teams that can win this. I, again, I kind of leaned on where does the strength look like it is. It looks like it's out west with Potter Dix and Cody Kilgore. Those are the teams that if you're going to do this, you're probably going to have to beat them. Uh, Wallace, they went 9-2 and two last year. Their two losses, Potter Dix and Cody Kilgore. You know, lost one of them in the first game of the year, lost one of them in the playoffs. So can you get past those, those western teams when you get into the playoffs? That's kind of the question. And the question for Parkview Christian is, can, can they do that? Can they go out to, you know, Potter? Or can they go out to Cody and, and win a game if they have to in the playoffs? So super fun class to watch. Like, like we said, if you haven't been to a six-man game, you need to get out and do it. It's so much fun. And this is going to be a good year to do it because the class is going to be really good. Lincoln's representation is going to be really good with Parkview. And, yeah, just a super fun class to watch. And, and not, again, not necessarily a clear favorite in this one either. Well, what I know does feel good is – Next week, we'll have games to recap. We'll have Lincoln games to preview, and we'll have plenty more to talk about. The season, again, is just getting started. I'm excited for football to be back. We've got high school football on the horizon. We've got college football on the horizon. And it's it's going to be a fast-paced three months. It'll, it'll probably go by faster than we think it will. But in the meantime, we'll, we're going to keep our eye on week zero. We'll go from here and... Yeah, we'll see how every class shakes out. So for Chris Bassnett, I'm Colton Stone. This has been the Prep Extra Podcast. We will talk to you guys next week.